Hey. Hey. Hello. <laughs> haven't seen you around here very long. <laughs> yeah, it has been a minute. It's very comforting to um, smell the the sweet, sweet, sweet Johnny Wicks. <laughs> My Johnny Wicks candle. <laughs> I have mine lit too. Maybe if we shout him out enough, like I don't know, something good will come of it. <laughs> he's like he's not listening. He'll just feel it in the in the universe. Let's uh let's return to a, a more a childlike state. Let's become young and inquisitive and talk about rugrats. But first I should probably tell you who we are and why we're all here, actually. This is last Saturday morning, a podcast where we revisit and rewatch old cartoons and talk about what we remember about them and what we liked about them. So I'm Pal and I am an animation enthusiast and I'm joined here by my co-hosts. Yes, I'm uh, I'm Tally. I'm a TV writer in Canada. I have worked in um, cartoons of for kids of several ages, but recently, more recently, I work in live action, but I have a soft spot for animation. Yes. Uh, my name's Rebecca, and I've known Tally over 10 years. Verging on uh, 14, I think. 14 years? Yeah. 14 oh my gosh, it's almost your 15th anniversary. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> what is that? Like silver or something? What are you going to get me? Uh, yeah, I'll get you silver. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're talking about Rugrats today? Yes, we are going to be talking about Rugrats. So... I will tell you a little bit about Rugrats now. So Rugrats is an American cartoon series that um, basically follows a group of toddlers. The core group of kids that they follow are Tommy, Chucky, Angelica, and the twins, Phil and Lil. And they basically are going through their day-to-day lives, and it often turns into big adventures because these babies have big imaginations and like um, don't know their way around the world yet and so a lot of antics ensue this was one of the original cartoons that premiered on nickelodeon alongside doug and ren and stimpy and it was originally aired from 1991 to 2004 with a break in the middle it started in 1991 yes so i was kind of surprised by this too so that's the same time as that that's overlaps invader zim Yeah, so allow me to explain because the timeline's a little weird. So the original show aired from 1991 to 1993, and then there was a break in the middle until 1996. And then they picked up, so it it had three seasons. It was 65 episodes, um, and then they stopped in 1993. And then in 1996, they picked it up again with a season four, And then that ran through to 2004. Um, And then the second run also brought about the show's run of theatrical releases, starting with the Rugrats movie, um, which introduced Tommy's younger brother, Dill, in 1998. Um, And so in that second run from season four on, Dill is also a part of um, Mm -hmm. the show. And then there was some spinoffs later on, too, like Rugrats All Grown Up. And um, I saw that there actually was a reboot in 2021, which I did not know about. And I don't know what that is. That keeps happening. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this surprised me because I remembered watching episodes premiere um but 1991 is before I was born so I was like what (laughs) and then um I realized that I was watching like the second like run like but I saw it all mixed together too because of reruns so I was like half watching reruns and half watching new episodes like at the same time when it picked back up in 1996 And I remember seeing the Rugrats movie in theaters, and I think it's the earliest, it's one of the earliest movies I remember seeing in theaters, because that was 1998, so I was a child, I was a kid, like a toddler myself, and it helped me deal with the fact that I had little siblings that were babies too. Like, it was very relevant to me that Tommy Pickles was getting a little baby brother, um, because I was getting little siblings at the same time, so. Um, I don't think there's anything in this world that strikes me as more nostalgic than Rugrats. (laughs) Like there is a dedicated part of my brain that is forever, I don't know, occupied by Rugrats. (laughs) Like I just consumed such an insane amount of it as a little, little impressionable kid. And my whole family was obsessed with it. It was kind of perfect because like, and we'll get into this, like my parents enjoyed it. Like they made time and space for us to like sit down and watch it after dinner. Um, I was allowed to stay up and watch Rugrats and I had like older siblings and younger siblings and like everyone could enjoy it. So Rugrats is a huge, huge part of my childhood. Um, I don't know if you remember, but the one of the very first like conversations we had we ended up talking about Rugrats and that was like the first impression I had of you it was like wow Powell cares a lot about Rugrats <laughs> oh my gosh what the hell was I saying <laughs> well, we, we were sort of it, it made sense you weren't crazy but like uh it, it was funny because that conversation I was I kind of flagged you I was like because I wanted to do this podcast for a while and I was like okay Powell might be a good option for it <laughs> considering <laughs> that they were able That's to talk funny. for an hour about Rugrats Oh my goodness. That's funny that you say that. I do remember that one of the first impressions that you made on me was that we talked about Nickelodeon extensively and I yes. was like, whoa, yep. she knows what's up. But also <laughs> like um, when you told me about this podcast idea, the very first thing that popped into my head, because you were like, it's an opportunity to like revisit shows that like you watched when you were little and you didn't fully understand and like to like answer like unanswered questions and like finally understand what's going on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And instantly I was like, oh my God, I need to watch Rugrats. Like I need to do this podcast and we need to do Rugrats <laughs> because it was impossible for me to choose episodes for this, like for us to watch, because yeah. I I have so many things that made no sense to me whatsoever. And I like, I still, I'll just be laying awake at night, like, what was going on in that episode? <laughs> like, And so to be able to revisit is going to be really interesting to finally understand like what the hell is going on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. I also, it's funny because I, I was part of that. I think I was around the same age as you when I was watching it in the, or the early 90s and then you watched it in later 90s. So I have mm-hmm. almost the exact same experience, except my family did not like Rugrats. That was the show for babies. They thought Doug <laughs> was much cooler. Doug was the show to watch yeah. in my family. <laughs> but I was watching the baby show Rugrats. I just thought it was cute. I liked it. I remember yeah. being a little disappointed because the the theme song, really makes you think that they're going to do 
imagination stuff. But as I remembered it, there wasn't a lot of imagination. It was just them doing stuff. That's what I was just wondering now. I was like trying to remember. I'm like, is it a lot of yeah. fantasy sequences? But it's it's not. It's them like in their backyard and in their playpen, right? That's not really how I remember it. Yeah. I guess okay. we have to see. We'll have to see. <laughs> like, I yeah. remember like so many like, I don't know, fantastical situations that now I understand were like movie references like Journey to the Center of the Earth or like there's a Lawrence of mm. Arabia episode like where they're like in the desert and like none of that made any sense to me as a kid. I just was yeah. like, what? Yeah, I wonder if, <laughs> I wonder if those, I, I my mind match. is blown that this started in 1991. I can't believe me it was that too. Early. But then that makes sense because it's like my, I almost have no memories that I could actually, like there's some things I could tell you about it, um, but like I don't really remember watching it. But it, mm-hmm. it seems to me, my instincts are telling me that they didn't do fantasy sequences. And that seems like something that came later. I know that they, when they did the theatrical movie and when they started to do like specials, there was like a, I want to say um, a Passover special where it told the yes. story of Moses in the desert and stuff. And like, that was like, a whole fantasy sequence so maybe maybe they just did more of those later yeah yeah we'll touch on those more um when i've like properly done my research in the second half but um rugrats was well known for um depicting jewish families and they did an episode about passover and they also did an episode about hanukkah yeah um, that's the one that they bring up in all the like you can watch the one hanukkah special on rugrats and it's like it no, because yeah. there's no other Hanukkah specials. Well, I there's can't some, think there's of the South Park one. <laughs> That's, I guess it, that does count. Okay, fair. South Park. South Park and Rugrats. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, Becca, it's funny that you say that, like, your family found it to be, like, the baby show for babies because, mm-hmm. I don't know, what's funny is that it is literally a show about babies, but yeah. it was not built. It's not for babies. Because... It was on TV at like seven o'clock at night. Like, yeah, I was wondering. Usually, for for kids shows, um, it's aspirational, and generally, children will watch an age group that is slightly older than them. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, you you're you're a kid will watch a kid who's like two or three years older than them. So, something that has preteens in it is for kids who are younger than preteens. Something that has a fifteen year old in it is for a kid who's a preteen, etc. And then it's like, babies don't really watch, like, babies don't follow story the way that older kids do. So, like, mm-hmm. this was never, this was never a story. It, it's just such an, I want to say an aberration that, like, this is a show about babies who are all primarily younger than the kids that are watching it. And then, like, adult characters are also, like, fully developed characters versus um, something like Caillou, for instance, which is more at the level of the kid watching where the parents yeah, yeah. are more just like there to meet the needs of the child rather than somebody who has a personality and a story going on. It's mm-hmm. just interesting. It's like this, this exercise in empathy that I've never seen elsewhere in kids programming. I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't think this really applies. I think this is a good conversation about presenting how characters can present in a certain way. Cause like you can watch a show about like PB and J Otter. They're not humans, but they're, they're, there are humans. Mm-hmm. Like they're talking like humans. They're acting like humans. They wear clothes like humans. These babies, even though they are babies, they are presenting and they're talking. And I actually want to say Angelica is sort of presenting as like the oldest. Like yeah. she has, she doesn't present as a two-year-old. She presents as like a very mature, intimidating character. She almost seems like a, like a 10-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that is exactly the age that they're going for. It's yeah. like you are 
it's a baby, but they're, they're acting like about eight, I would say. I'm, but this is just my memories. I could be wrong. And then I guess Angelica is like about acting about 10. And that would be about the age you would expect is watching the show as like an eight year old. Yeah. That's my mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And the fact that the adults have personalities and, and conflicts and they aren't just caregivers yes. is, I think, speaks to that. But it's just interesting that they chose that because you could still have, you could have had easily a show about a bunch of eight-year-olds playing in the backyard and having yes. imagination, but there's just something about making it a baby that's funnier. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited that that picture of Stu where he's like, what are you doing making pudding? He's like, because I've lost my control of my life. I'm so excited to like <laughs> see these characters, the adult characters now with an adult lens because I have yeah. a feeling they're going to be really funny. Yeah, actually, it's funny you mentioned that episode, Becca, because I did originally have – it was so hard to choose yeah. which episodes to revisit. Like I need to watch all of these because I don't – I just need closure. I don't understand mm-hmm. like anything that I saw, but <laughs> I like – um, I didn't end up doing the one where Angelica breaks her leg, which is why Stu's making the pudding at 3 a.m. Oh, wow. Um, because it just seemed like since we have so little time here, like to do a whole episode that's just Angelica and like no one else, I mm-hmm. I, I couldn't justify it. Um, but we can all watch that in our own time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to we'll say another episode. Yeah, the rules of this podcast, just for people who don't know, because you're not one of the people in the show, uh, you the. <laughs> You have to watch the shows that we pick, but if you want to watch more than that, you totally can. You just yeah. have to fit. It has to stay within that season. So don't go into yeah. the next season, but you can watch as much as you like in that season. So that's the rules yeah. that we're playing with. Well, that's so the we rules for us. Four, that's, that's not, yeah. the listener can do whatever they want. We can do whatever they want. I don't, <laughs> that's, that's our rules. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so if we feel compelled after watching these four episodes, we could watch the entire first season if we wanted. No, seriously, every single episode of this show lives as like a sleeper cell in my brain. Like I... <laughs> I can name, I can just rattle off so many and that's why it was so difficult to like pick ones, but it comes up constantly in my daily life. Like I quote a lot of these with my, with my family (laughs) um, all the time, especially the odd couple. That one is in there for me Um, (laughs) because like now I can start quoting it to you guys. Yes, now you can make references to us. (laughs) Yeah, I can like explain my reasoning behind the ones that we chose. So we're doing the slumber party one because I remember this being the most like kind of scary and trippy to me because Tommy gets a fever and like fever dreams ensue. And so I just thought it would be kind of healing to like see it with an adult like brain mm-hmm. and not be scared anymore. <laughs> and yeah. then um the ice cream mountain episode is just one of those episodes that has food in it that I always wanted so badly, you know, yes. like the pizza from like, um, teenage goof troop. Oh. <laughs> or yeah. Or teenage Mutant ninja turtles. Like this has like an ice cream Sunday in it that I just want to see again. <laughs> That's all. And then meet the Carmichael's, um, is the episode that introduces Susie and, oh, yes, yeah. um, Susie's the best so I like had to include an episode with her in it and also meet the Carmichael's is like a ton of conversation between the adults that never made any sense to me that I thought might make more sense now do you know Um, I'm suddenly remembering do you know what fragile means and I remember my sister would repeat that all the time and then I finally when my brain got powerful enough I understood what the joke was (laughs) there's so many weird like visceral like i remember like these jello molds that the carmichaels have in their fridge and like there is something about this show that like the music and the sound and the colors and the animation style like 
it just exists as like a dreamy haze in my brain. Like I can see it like so like viscerally, like I'm looking up into the fridge and those jello molds and I can like hear the weird plunky music in the background and like the sound mixing is so weird. Like it's kind of like watching Charlie Brown. Um, I don't know what I mean by that, but it just has that same <laughs> kind of dreamy haze to it. Yeah. Do you know how like, if a baby bird sees something, he thinks it's its mother. Yeah. That's that's the vibe I'm getting here. It's like you this really imprinted on you. Like absolutely. In a very way. Yeah. <laughs> so um so yeah, I mean that's Rugrats. I'm so excited to go watch. Um yeah. this is gonna be like I don't know, split my life into two halves, like finally understanding just <laughs> healing from that fever episode, I think will yeah. really be a positive change in my life. <laughs> I have a question. You might not have engaged on it on this level, but did you have a favorite character? Um, not really. I kind of liked them as a gang. Yeah. Um, but I related to Tommy. Yeah. I loved Phil and Lil. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I liked Phil and Lil a lot too. And there's one episode they change outfits and I I loved that episode so much <laughs> yeah do you guys have like I don't know memories from this show or anything my memories are so vague but like no, listening to you guys talk about it it's like they're really coming flooding back yeah I thought I thought when you were like let's do Rugrats I was like okay and I'm like I don't remember that show at all but now it's like I think I remember a lot more this I think this made more of an impact on me than I thought and I think yes. part of it has to be the fact I just keep going back to the parents and it's like that they uh, compared to the other shows for this age range. I feel like the parents, I feel like we're going to watch it and this is going to feel more autobiographical. Like that. Oh, they're, you know what I mean? Oh, this is going to feel like some family that they're telling the creators. Yeah. We're due. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, probably. They just um, felt like such real parent. I remember like the, the Angelica's mom was that business lady. And then the, yep. one of the other, I think it was Phil and Lil's mom had that like feminist, um, symbol sweater. on her sweater yeah yeah um and the dads were all like sweet and crazy that's true i still like reference these adults like i don't know to relate to my own life today like i describe myself as angelica's mom regularly <laughs> <laughs> like if i'm like on a first date i'm like you know rugrats i'm angelica's mom <laughs> and they instantly know who i am you know what i mean like yeah. I think I do remember the uh, episode with the fever dream as well. Like, is there something about like a clown, like a clown face? Like Stu goes to pick him up and Stu looks like a clown and it scares Tommy. And I remember that. It's all me. scary. It's going to yeah. be scary. So right. everyone brace yourselves. Everyone be brave. These, yeah, be these brave. kids aren't, they aren't all related, right? Like Tommy and Angelica are cousins, mm -hmm. but then the rest are just yeah. friends, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. They're yes. like, their parents are all friends with each other. They're in the neighborhood, yeah. I think. They're just like next door neighbors. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe there's more lore. Do you remember Reptar? He 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 was someone that they liked. Like Reptar, a... Reptar, gotta find that Reptar. There was Reptar on ice. Wow, just memories. Just like... Ancient <laughs> enemy of Martin. man. You will pay for your destructive tendencies. <laughs> yeah, I could sing that. I could put on Reptar on ice right now. <laughs> like <laughs> it's real, you guys. <laughs> Reptar bars. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to to watch this and get more context for the things that are just floating around in my head. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, then let's go watch.
Okay, and we're back. Hello. We're back. We just watched Rugrats. What did you guys think? What did I think of Rugrats? Uh, I was... <laughs> it surprised me in ways I wasn't expecting, but they were all positive surprises. Yes. I enjoyed it a lot. I felt like... I didn't remember any of these episodes specifically watching them, but it felt like sense memories coming back. Mm-hmm. It felt like something I hadn't felt or thought of in a long time, but it was so familiar and warm. Um, yes. And the first thing that popped out at me was just the the detail in those opening credits and like the way that they were using point of view. I was like, I remember this blowing my mind as a kid, like being something that I didn't see in other shows that felt really familiar. And it was reflected in the rest of it by it overall being such child centric stories. These were like very universal and tender, just stories about kid feelings. And it was so nice. It was really nice to revisit it. Yes. And I was, it was funny because we were talking before about like whether or not there was fantasy sequences or not. And I think I definitely remembered the opening sequence being a fantasy sequence, but it's not. But the way it's stylized makes it feel really grandiose. Like it's literally just a baby walking across a living room, but like the angles and the energy and the way the characters are moving all make it feel incredibly fantastical. Like, wow. Yeah. Hanging out in this living room would be a great time. You just like feel that energy, which is really impressive. Um, and seeing it as an adult was really, really, really nice. I really liked how, especially the fever episode, how loving the family oh, was. Oh, I know. I love the could, parents. You, know, you just didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even process that as a kid. You just like expect it. But yeah, the parents were so loving and kind. It was just, yeah. it was really, really nice. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about this, but yeah. I, specifically when they sang the lullaby, it reminded me a lot of Bob's Burgers. <gasps> yes. 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 I had the same thought. <laughs> okay yeah um for the opening sequence it actually revisiting this whole thing talk about sense memory it just was like injected into or like waking up something in my brain like all everything about this like exists so vividly in my head (laughs) so to revisit it was like trippy almost like because now I'm an adult and some of this makes more sense. Like I never mm-hmm. really understood why there was a cat robot mm-hmm. in yeah. like, the opening <laughs> sequence. <laughs> I, I didn't even really understand. Like if you asked me as a kid what it was, I wouldn't have even a- been able to come up with cat robot. Cause like, that's not even a concept to me. Like it just was like this thing that was yeah. there. But yeah, now, well, I guess we, we haven't talked about samurai pizza cats yet. No, 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 we haven't. <laughs> um, I guess it's there because Stu is an inventor that I, yeah, that wasn't touched yeah. on in any of the episodes that we watched, but that is that does come up a lot that he's an inventor. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was just like so trippy. I mean, even that mm-hmm. opening sequence it starts with being like point of view as a baby, like stumbling along in the living room. And before the camera turns and like shows who is the one that it's the point of view of and like the sound mixing on this show is so like fuzzy and dreamlike kind of Mm. like it just and oh my god I just I don't even know how to articulate any of the experiences of like watching this show like there are times where like I don't know. I'm kind of speechless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm really curious if you can talk about the sound mixing, how that, how you would make that sound, what you just, because it does. Like, 
I can tell the impact of it, but like, what does, what would they have done specifically with the sound mixing? Oh, no, it wasn't on purpose. I think it's just old. Oh, okay. okay <laughs> yeah. Right. So, okay. I gotcha. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it kind of sounds like, um, like Charlie Brown, right? Yeah, like when wonder, you watch the Charlie Brown cartoons. I wonder if they were still yeah. recording onto tape or something, because this is 1991. That is the vibe that it has. Of just like this fuzziness and like the way <laughs> it's like clear in your ears, but at the same time, like everything's kind of level. And so like the music and the voices and the yeah. sound effects are all kind of like happening at the same time. It's like mono audio. sound or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but this show definitely does make really good use of like music and sound effects and I noted a bunch down just because like, like that I'll get to when we talk about the actual episodes, yeah. because I don't know, like the, they just, they give me like a shiver. Like, it's like, <laughs> oh my God, yes, this is that sound. This is the sound of the gingerbread man. Like, you know, like it all exists in my head. Uh, do we want to start talking about the episodes specifically? First, I wanted to ask if you guys have a favorite baby. When my when I was younger, it was definitely Phil and Lil. I liked them oh, yes. as a pair. But watching it now, now it's 100% Chucky. I, I did not like Chucky as a kid, but I love him now. I co- totally agree. Like 100, yeah. I'm actually kind of got the fact <laughs> that we're like, yeah. I remembered, I still really like Phil and Lil a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I do, I also remember being kind of annoyed at Chucky when I was younger mm-hmm. and like thinking, I remember thinking like, oh, he's like just the one that's scared all the time. And that's like the only trait that I gave to him. And then I think when I came back to this as an adult, I would be like, oh, he ha- like has anxiety. Although that might be because I may have watched one of the ones where they're in junior high. And like, maybe he's more like classically anxious than that. I don't know. But I went into this being like, he's the one that has anxiety. But then watching this, I'm like, no, he's just a little persnickety. He's a little baby. He's a toddler. It's so cute. He's so cute. I also had like a healing experience with Chucky this time around. (laughs) I found him kind of annoying as a kid, but it also was kind of self depreciating because uh, I also like kind Chucky. of identified with him yes. <laughs> and so but this time around I just was like yeah he's right, <laughs> right. justice for Chucky <laughs> do we want to talk about that episode specifically just go into that one because we all are obviously thinking of the same one the slumber party um okay yeah we can go out of order it is a little disturbing to my Chucky brain, but <laughs> I'm going to get through it. There's no reason right. not to go out of order. It's okay. Um, we don't have <laughs> In my house, we do the order, <laughs> but I guess. <laughs> um, okay, so the episode that we're talking about is The Odd Couple, which is season three, episode 14. Although I will say, I think the numbers were all off. Like, I'm glad that I gave the titles of the, the episodes because mm. some of the numbers seem to not line up. But I think it's season three, episode 14. And in this episode, Tommy stays at Chucky's house for the weekend. And they discover that it turns out they don't see eye to eye on how to play with toys and what cereal to eat and what shows to watch. And they learn the lesson that you don't really know someone until you live with them. So, yep. Well, they also learn... And I really liked that they went to this conclusion, but sometimes you just need to be at home. And I really liked that they went there. Like, neither of them are wrong. Sometimes you just need to be at home. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A lesson that I really like. 
And I liked that uh, it also shows Tommy's obviously the messy one. And he, um, at the very end, is in his own crib and he decides to tidy up some of his blocks. And I liked that they showed that he's like, oh, this is kind of nice. But he didn't tidy his whole room. It no, was just the, blocks. just the blocks. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So that was like the main point of contention was that every time you finish playing, you put your toys away. And Tommy's like, I, that's not what you do. That's not ever what I did. But Chucky's like, that's what you do. So he teaches them how to organize the blocks by color and by size and by shape. And so mm-hmm. Tommy does small. It big to small a clean Uh, room is a happy room (laughs) when chucky said these things i was like soothed like especially (laughs) the repetition the repetition he says of big to small big to small it was like soothing (laughs) i remember repeating a lot of these things to my siblings (laughs) with i actually had a negative reaction to that because um i would not like to be told that if i was at a friend's house as a kid but his earnest he just wants his room to be clean and that's it and you can like feel his sincerity and i think this is when i started to really like chucky because like in the end he's right it is his room and yeah. he, sh- he should have it the way he likes and he he's not being snobby he's not being rude he just like he wants his space to be right and it's just yeah. really cute he's just just this cute yeah. neat toddler and i just imagine like babysitting him and watching clean up i would video that with my, <laughs> film, my phone i'd be so happy so adorable oh, so cute I felt like I was on I was on both of their sides kind of like invariably mm-hmm. because I'm mm-hmm. like I'm the Tommy like I'm the slobby one but yeah. I'm also like I that they really got that feeling of like having someone in your space someone new in your space is just like the most freaking stressful thing even when it's someone yes. you love and it's like yes. whether it's like a sleepover or having a new roommate or having a new like a partner move in with you there's like that negotiation that's so stressful and mm-hmm. just sometimes not even worth it. And like, I remember that feeling so much of, it's like, I liked having my friends over, but it's like when someone had to stay for the weekend, there's this element of like, uh, they're not doing anything mm-hmm. right. And yeah. if like, if they're babies, but if they were the age that they're acting, like if Tommy was six, I would say that he is actually being a bad guest, but because he's a baby, obviously I can't hold it by the standard. Yeah. So. I actually think they did a really good job because they showed first Chucky suffered in silence and then he talked to Phil and Will about it. And then he's like, I have to talk to him. And then they actually do have like a communication, yeah. which I was, I thought was really good. And then Tommy's like, oh, okay. Like he just never thought of doing anything other different because that's not how they do it at his house. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. he does start adjusting to Chucky's rules and then Tommy hates it. So yeah. it was, it, I mean, this is a very predictable plot, but it's it was fun to watch it play out and the characters are very cute. Their love and respect for each other as friends is very clear yes. because they both, as soon as as soon as one of them was aware of a problem, like they did yeah. everything they could to solve it. It's like they were doing all the work that the adults kind of should have done if they were older children and could have been told how to behave. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I loved i I love what I always love a good odd couple send up. Like, yes, it's me classic, too. You know, it's a classic scenario. I think it was a good like introduction for kids too to like because yeah, I mean it's. I think everyone can kind of remember the first few times that they experienced this of like, I get to stay with my friend for so long. And that's like a treat at first. And then like, you just experience this like, yeah, I wake up too early. (laughs) And like, you know, those are very conflicting feelings to be having as a little kid on the inside of like, Mm -hmm. this is my best friend, but I'm not happy, but I am having fun, but I'm having these problems. And like, how do I talk about it? So Mm -hmm. I think like that's a very like common experience when you're young 
maybe not as a baby, but my sister always tells this story of like, she was a picky eater and she was like sleeping over someone's house for one of the first times. And she was struggling to find something that she'd be willing to eat. And so she finally asked the mom for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. She was like, you know, that is something that I know will be like what I want it to be. Like you can't mess up a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And the mom was like, okay. And she pulled out one of those jars where the jelly and the peanut butter is in the same jar and spread it on bread. And my sister was just so flabbergasted that like, I would be flabbergasted now. (laughs) Well, we don't say you about other people's food. So in someone's house, that's normal. Yeah, exactly. But like grin and bear it, right? Yeah, I'm sure she ate it and it was fine, but she was just so shocked as a child that she had been yeah. trying to find the compromise. And but like <laughs> things can work. be really different at someone else's house. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was relatable, I think, to see kids dealing with this situation. I think it helped me as a little kid. Like, um, you know, like I do remember literally reflecting on this episode, like when I would be in a moment like that of like really okay, this is like a Friangles with the Friangles situation. <laughs> have to just... My family quotes each other like that to each other to this day of like the Friangles go to the Friangles. <laughs> and we usually use it as like a, like to check someone, like you're being yeah. kind of crazy right now. Yeah. Like, because um, yeah. I totally am that way. Like if my sister comes over, I kind of want everything in its place and mm-hmm. she'll be like, what you want the friangles with the friangles? Like, um, <laughs> can you explain what a friangle is really fast? Because we don't know. Um, it's just how um, Chucky described one of the blocks um, the in his block set. Also. Yes, the triangles are friangles, and really he was saying like with like, it's big to small. A clean room is a happy room. Friangles so. with triangles. <laughs> um, this was like the longest exposure to Phil and Lil that we had. And I love the way they talk so much. I do suspect if I had more exposure to them, they might still be my favorites. Uh, but yeah. because this was more character focused on other ones, I, I liked them. I liked Chucky more, I think. But they yeah. were really cute. It's they they gave advice. They knew as soon as they heard that Tommy was going to be staying over for the long weekend that they weren't going to get along. And they talked about like how like you get annoyed with everything <laughs> they do. How his diaper smells like poop, and they're obviously like you know, <laughs> reflecting on their own relationship i got um some deep sense memories of like talking to only children and just oh <laughs> yeah like i because i forgot like they're all except for phil and lil i think they're and Susie, the uh, angelica tommy and chucky are all only children yes that was the final note that i wrote down for this episode is that only children are freaks <laughs> <laughs> that's the theme of this episode <laughs> uh, yeah i i literally have a mental breakdown being around someone <laughs> Yeah, I loved Phil and Lil so much. I loved their, I remembered all their bickering. I remembered how they would call each other Philip and Lillian. Lillian. (laughs) I just, they're so adorable. I wrote twin wisdom and put a heart. How they like immediately knew. They're like, yeah, I mean, you guys will love each other, but you're going to want to kill each other. Good luck. Lillian, that's so cute. (laughs) You realize you hate that stupid ducky on his shirt. I actually want to say they don't, they aren't cutesy. I don't feel they are just trying to communicate as well as they can with like the limitations they have, which I think makes Mm -hmm. them super cute. Like 
Yes. Chucky isn't trying to be cute when he says triangles. No. Nope. He's, he's sincerely trying to explain like this thing that matters to him. And there's a couple different moments where I think, especially when Angelica is talking, where it would come across as really coyly and like saccharine and like, I wouldn't yeah. like it, but they, they're just honestly trying to communicate and they just. Mm-hmm. Well, Angelica is like, cause she's manipulating them and she's at the age where you can tell when she talks to the parents that she's trying to manipulate the parents with her yes. cuteness. Whereas the yeah. babies are just like being babies. It's so authentic. Yes. It's, it's not written like they're not written by adults trying to be cute to appeal to adults. Two other things about this episode before we move on to the next one. Um, baby Star Trek. Oh, oh I would um, love that. Oh. Baby Star Trek is so cute. It was I so precious. I wrote, I wrote Team Chucky at that point. Like, yeah. obviously. Yes. Chucky <laughs> wants to watch this, like, baby version of Star Trek where, like, Captain Kirk is in a bouncer. It's so cute. Yeah, uh, but so Tommy precious. wants to watch, I don't know, like, Reptar. Are you sure it's Reptar? It's Reptar. Yes, it was Reptar. It's Reptar. That's right. He has the bear cereal. In the morning, Chucky eats bear cereal. Like the, not, they're not Care Bears. It's a pair of Dummy bears. Dummy bears. Um, and Chuck, Tommy's like, in my house, we eat Reptar cereal. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 But, ah, the Star Trek. I would love to watch that. It's the like baby Star Trek babies. Star Trek babies. Yeah. It was so yeah. cute. There actually is an episode of the animated series, but they're turned into babies. But what? anyways. There is? Uh, it's super cute. Yeah, it's really cute. There's <laughs> the next generation where they get turned into younger. Yeah, that's excellent. I love that one. Yeah, that is a good I've one. I've never heard about the oh, That one is so cute. He's my number one dad. Okay, what's the other <laughs> note? <laughs> um, it's it's not a big deal. I just wanted to point out that the episode opens with Chucky's dad um, doing oh, the yeah. crossword phone service thing where you call in yeah, and ask yeah. for an answer. That's such a forgotten detail. I was just pointing that out for our younger viewers. Like, what the hell is that? He's calling in to get answers for a crossword puzzle. Um, Okay, so should we talk about... Oh, God. So what's the order now? So we're going to talk about Meet the Carmichaels. Meet the Carmichaels. Season 2, episode 18. So in this episode, um, new neighbors move in across the street from the Pickles, where Tommy meets the youngest member of the family, Susie, and helps her find her room. This episode is so bizarre. This is one that I had to include in this list because I didn't understand it at all as a kid. And now I get why, because like half of it is with the adults talking about stuff that doesn't make any sense to a kid. Exactly. And I don't know, like her confusion was like finally like too baby for me when I was watching it, where I just like didn't really get it. So So what what was her confusion? She, well, they're moving, right? And so she, this is actually kind of sweet because I, little kids totally do experience this. They're moving. So she woke up in her bedroom this morning and then watched it get all packed up. And now they're in their new house and she's watching everything get unpacked, but she hasn't seen her stuff yet. And she's confused about like where her bedroom is. Like she's kind of confused. Because she picked the room. So she tries to, she's like, she says to Tommy, let me show you my room. And she goes to the room that she's picked, but there's nothing there. Yeah. And so she's like, where's all my stuff? I'm so confused. They forgot my room, but I just saw it get packed up. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's how I interpreted this is I didn't think she picked her room. I think I thought that that's where her room was in her old house. And she visualized them literally plucking her room up. Yeah. And then physically putting it. Because she talks about, like, where's my window? Like, she specifically remembered, like, her yes. window facing yeah, yeah. her backyard. And I think she, like, pictured yeah. that. And I thought that was cute. So, like, That's so you know, so from an, I know, like, from an adult perspective, it's basically Susie just kind of realizing that she's moving. 
and mm-hmm. like in a new house now and it's finally sinking in and she gets yeah. upset and cries yeah um but you know they end up finding her room so <laughs> well the reveal of it was so well because she she finally thinks maybe her root stuff is still in the truck and they go onto the truck and I was so stressed out. I was like, please don't get stuck. Oh, I was like, I don't know what I'll do if that's where this episode goes. But then they end up, she goes, she crawls into like a dresser to cry and Tommy gets in with her. And then the movers come and take the dresser and they're like, oh my God, what's happening? And then they put the dresser, she, she comes out of the dresser. Now she's in her room and all of her stuff is there. And I really liked that, that ending. Um, yeah. I really liked this because in my head, both her and Angelica were like the older kids when I was a kid watching this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. seeing any moment where Angelica or Susie acted very young was very, very cute to me because I did not think of them as little kids. Yeah. Like Susie was yeah. cool and Susie was like the exactly. one who always had the answer, but she's actually a little kid who doesn't understand the concept of moving. Yeah. It was very <laughs> cute. And I also really liked all the solutions that Tommy came up with because they were trying to find a room and he's like, well... When I fall asleep in the middle of the room, I always wake up in my room. So let's fall asleep. And then and that's like, obviously the parents come and pick him up and place him in his bedroom. So yeah, that's, yeah cute. that's cute. He's like, whenever I leave my toys somewhere, they always appear in my bedroom again. So they just leave her, one of her toys out. I want to agree with what Becca said, that Tommy was so like great coming up with all the different ideas of how to find her room. And I just think overall, he was being such a good friend. Like yeah. he comforted mm-hmm. her when she was crying and he like kept it positive, like, don't worry we'll find it and Mm -hmm. like he was just a really sweet he was a really sweet friend to her in this episode yes yeah he's cute can we talk about what the adults were doing though oh please please (laughs) because okay like i feel a little better because it's insane what they actually are doing and talking about so now i get why i didn't get it so let's go both both stories that happened because there's two stories One's with Dee Dee and the mom, the new mom, and one's with Stu and the new dad. And they're both yeah. very different. So Dee Dee, they go over to make friends with these uh, new parents. And the neighbors. The neighbors. Can I, well, there's also the Indian curse, which is another friggin' thing. Can I talk about that first or do, should I talk about that? Yeah, right? go ahead. Because that's how the episode starts. Yeah. It's like, it's just this dumb throwaway thing where it's like they, the adults are seeing this new family moving in. And they talk about like, well, don't they know that that house is cursed because it's built on an Indian burial ground? Um, and Dee Dee is like, that's silly. And she, so she and Stu bring Tommy and a dessert she's made over to say hello. Jello and mold. a Jello mold. Jello and it's mold. like, it will be important later. Hold they, on, yes. detail the Jello don't mold. Don't forget the Jello mold. <laughs> um, Stu kind of brings up the Indian burial ground thing and Dee Dee like stops him because obviously that's a crazy thing to say to someone and then like immediately a Tiffany lamp falls over so they've set up this thing about the the house being cursed and then whatever it it, it ends with basically um Stu just annoys the new dad so at the very end the new dad is like hey do you think he's the curse and that's like a little joke and that's the whole payoff of this Indian burial ground thing and it was just such, it was so thrown away, so cavalier, so meaningless. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it was there. It didn't add anything. They could have just said the house was cursed. They didn't even need to say the house was cursed. It didn't add anything to the story. And I, I just thought it was so weird to see this, like, this is a time capsule of the 90s. And it's like, that was yes. just, that's how bad it was <laughs> those days. Yeah. That you could just have an Indian burial ground that's cursed and that's part of your story that doesn't even do anything. 
and doesn't even need to be there. Yeah. It's weird to me because that's one house on the block. If there was an Indian burial ground, it would surely like impact more than one house. They also could have just said it was cursed. They also could have had a curse. They could have just been like, oh, they finally sold that house. Oh, but don't they know it's cursed? Yeah, Yeah, that would have been perfect. What a messed up trope. Anyway, so that was... That was the, that, we were done talking about the Indian burial ground. It was dumb. It no, was pointless. Fine. It was just. I never caught that as a kid. Obviously. That's, that's what's so insidious about, like, this is baked in institutional racism. I do, yeah. Where it's like, yeah, you're, yeah. we can just tell yeah. a kid's story and just mention <laughs> that, like, in Native Americans have scary ghosts and you never know where they are and then never mention it again. And that's a responsible thing to do. Like, mm-hmm. ugh, anyway, I didn't like that. But. The rest of the adult story is that Dee Dee gives the jello mold to uh, Susie's mom, mm-hmm. and she sees that a lot yep. of other neighbors have given jello molds that are all much better than hers, and that yeah. Susie's mom herself has made the most elaborate jello molds of the Eiffel, Eiffel Tower, which she picked up when she was teaching at the Cordon Bleu in Paris. And then later she learns that in addition to teaching at the Cordon Bleu, she's also she like went to law school or something and she's a commercial jet pilot and they have four kids and just this woman is just a powerhouse and Didi's like okay and I was like what is the point of this story I didn't I was like bored by how perfect the mom was and I was thinking like this is why these kind of characters don't really work because I don't even feel like Didi was that intimidated she was just like she was just like oh she was I don't feel like she was even made insecure. So there was no really even point in having it. I guess I was assuming she was. Because that's the only reason. It's happening, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I don't feel like she was even. It was just like, there's just this perfect lady who's perfect. I will say, yeah, I agree with everything. But also at the time, I will say that this is, this is the first Black animated family on True. Nickelodeon. And I I don't know if this was their intention, but it is kind of, at, for the time, it is fun to see a lot of, like, I don't know, turning everything on its head, kind of. Like, mm-hmm. the first thing that Mrs. Carmichael says when um, she spots Stu, because they just walk into the house, because <laughs> it's open, because the movers are going yeah, in and out. Yeah, out. Yeah. She sees Stu and says, oh, you must be the plumber. And I don't know, I saw a lot of people, I recently saw this episode come up on TikTok and people kind of loved that she like, yeah, I I noticed that too, but (laughs) I see what you're saying that it's like, let's, let's introduce this black animated family and make them very accomplished and whatever. The other story with Stu is that he's really impressed that the dad is a cartoon writer. He writes for dummy bears. And he's just bothering the the Carmichael dad with all this, like, remember that episode where this happened? And the dad's like, please stop talking to me, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, the thing, the issue that I have with this is that that's a story for adults. The children watching it don't have any, well, unless they've specifically been taught, they, they don't have very much stereotyping yet in their own heads. So their first introduction probably if you're a white child watching it is to Susie and like that's what the story should have been like why why are we undoing stereotypes if the audience is too young to really be thinking about that in my opinion this is not a show just for children it's I, I kind know. of like I'm how saying that it sh- I'm, my issue is that I feel like it should be that's that's but my issue. I think it shouldn't be because I think they did it on purpose to make something that everyone in the family can sit down and watch 
and it was effective. I mean, my family did. We, and it was like, it wasn't on at 10 o'clock in the morning, like preschool hour when everyone else is at school and work. It was on at like seven or eight o'clock at night after dinner mm-hmm. when everyone sits down and watches it together. And I think it was good to put something in there for like older people, like my parents to have something to watch too, instead of like just catering to the kids. But that's, like, that's I don't know. I, I just, it's just that the stuff that they do for the kids is so excellent. And the stuff that they do for the adults is fine. That's, yeah, that's I do more, agree with that. Yeah. I just, I mean, it's just, it's not a, it's not a children's show. It's a family in this show. Case, in this particular episode, like you, it lost you as a child. I, I think it's okay for kids to be confused sometimes. I agree. I'm just. <laughs> I do think this show gave me brain damage, but I agree. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I started like, I was two years old and like drooling when the jello molds came onto screen again. It was just like, that was like why I chose this episode. Besides the fact that it's the introduction of Susie. I, I just needed closure with the jello mold situation. <laughs> You just mentioned that like it should focus more on the introduction of Susie. And I actually did want to say that I bumped on the introduction of Susie because she comes in um, crying because she had her like lollipop taken away or something like that by one Mm -hmm. of her older siblings. And that's her introduction that she's like crying like, I want my sucker or something. And Molly, I I just think that this... Well, this whole episode, but especially that, her very first introduction, is not an actually very, like, accurate, yeah. like, representation of who she is. I don't know why this is a thing, but when I was looking up her character, like, on the wiki to, like, read a little bit more, it said she only cries six times in the entire series. Oh. Like, that's her wow. thing, is that she's kind of, like, um, I don't know, she's not a crybaby, but she seems like one from this episode. Yeah, maybe they... She might have changed over time. Yeah, they may have adjusted it. But I also got the feeling that, like, the story with Dee Dee and the mom felt like it... Because the mom was kind of strict to her and, like, really, like, I'm not having it, Susie. Stop crying. And I I don't know if that was going to be part of their story or what. Like, different parenting styles, but then nothing happened, so whatever. Is that what you were going to talk about, Becca? No, actually, I really, really, really fast, I want to kind of go back a little bit um I think it's not to not to poo-poo on your point Hallie but I think uh it's kind of easy to take to take for granted how far we've come uh for in these stories because I do remember actually hearing from some of my own peers in school about how much the Cosby show meant to them and I was when I was talking about how like it was silly that he was a doctor and she was a lawyer and it's like isn't that over the top and it was just like having that representation is still really really valuable and especially was back then uh but also how the mom how Susie's mom talked to Susie yeah. I liked that that's exactly how my mom would have spoken to yeah. me if I tried to interrupt her talking to her For friends. especially on like moving day like Jesus Christ yeah <laughs> like that's not how we talk to get what we went get what we want Yes. I saw that clip on TikTok like this week and it was going around because everyone was saying that Mrs. Carmichael is gentle parenting (laughs) by saying, by gently reminding her crying, screaming daughter that that's not how we get what we want. (laughs) And I don't know. It was uh, once again, trippy brain damage, like rugrats, like, but talking about it on TikTok in the year 2023, like, I don't know. (laughs) I was tripping out. (laughs) Yeah. 
I, I obviously it had to happen this way for the plot itself, but I wonder if she thought that she was still complaining about the lolly. I do think the level of distress she was showing probably should have been like, so what's, what's going on here? But otherwise, like I was not allowed to interrupt my mom when she was talking to her friends. Yeah. I, yeah, I liked that too. I liked, um, well, I guess I don't really know how Dee Dee parents yet because Tommy's just a baby, but he's just a baby. I liked showing something different than Angelica's mom, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, and I like the movers too. I thought they were funny. The movers, man, so much of this has like not as deeply I think as for Pal because I was older, but like so much of this is baked into my brain. Like that fragile. Yeah, what does fragile oh, I mean? so hard at that. I completely like so many memories flooding back. Yes, that was definitely a family joke. Fragile, so funny. There was another. I, I know, I know she didn't invent this, but later Angelica threatened somebody with a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> and for me, Angelica did invent that for me. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about that. That's the next episode. So, oh, is it? Um, so the next episode we're going to talk about is Ice Cream Mountain, which is season two, episode five. Is it obvious why I needed to revisit this episode? The ice cream? No. Actually. Yes, I needed to see the ice cream again. <laughs> so, in order, the odd couple, I needed like validation about Chucky being an anxious child, like myself. Uh, and mm-hmm. in the Carmichaels, I needed to see the jello molds again <laughs> and understand what they're talking about. Like, we didn't even mention it, but the Tiffany lamp getting smashed, I just was like, what? And then Ice Cream yeah. Mountain, I needed to see that ice cream again, and it did not disappoint. Oh, my God. It no, looked just no. as beautiful and amazing and tantalizing as it did as a little kid. But um, <laughs> let's talk about it. So this episode, um, Stu and Drew... Um, which Drew is the dad of Angelica and Stu is Tommy, um, Tommy's dad and their brothers. Stu and Drew have the baby crew and have promised to get them ice cream, but then they spot their favorite mini golf place, Funland, and decide to stop for a quick game. And then while there, the Rugrats um, spot and try to reach Ice Cream Mountain, which is a gigantic sundae, but they don't realize that it's made out of plastic because it's one of the holes for the mini golf game. And then silliness ensues. <laughs> uh, so the the ice cream is fake. And I just want to say that this really channels it to my frustration. <laughs> I wrote down, I wonder if Becky no kidding. that ice cream. <laughs> When they were talking about how frustrated, they, they reached the ice cream mountain and they, they realized this is not ice cream. It's just made to look like ice cream. Their frustration and bafflement, like why would you possibly create this thing that looks so good and it's terrible and empty? That's how I feel whenever I see soaps that are designed to look like food. Why would you do this? I hate when, food, when they make soaps look like food. I just hate it. And I hate it enough that Tally knows and made a note yeah. of it as she was watching. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if this triggers anything in Becky. It was so cathartic. I loved it. I loved it. I was like, exactly. You guys are, yeah. yes, please. The frustration. Keep going. The high child, the, the big feelings of the child were so on display yeah. in this episode. I was super frustrated with the dads. Because <laughs> I like, as an adult, I really like the dads, but I was also like, parent your children. What is wrong with you? This, <laughs> several times. I actually wondered when they, so they have Phil, Lil, Chucky, Tommy, Angelica, they have the whole crew there. And I was like, how on earth do they have a stroller? Because they're going to be moving these twins yeah. around. Like, I kept waiting for them to be in a stroller. Well, no, they just put them out of the car, they put them on the sidewalk, and they, they walk inside with all these babies. <laughs> and then 
they lose track of them immediately. So I want to, I want to back up a bit because I, like I said, I really, I do really like the dads. Um, so the voice of uh, Stu, that's Tommy's dad, right? Mm-hmm. He reminds me so much of the voice of the character Andy in the show Mission Hill, which we're going to talk about one of these days, which I love so much. It's not the same actor, but like he had such really sounded like him and had a really similar vibe, except like older and mature. And it, mm-hmm. it was just this, I got really excited for mission Hill for a little bit. And I kind of had to like stop and like think about that for a while. Um, <laughs> you had to calm, I, yeah. calm yourself down. But then they're driving. So the, the show starts where they're driving and they have all the kids and they're going to take the kids for ice cream. And they start talking about the good old days and how like they yeah. go for ice cream. And we had real flavors back then. And they specifically bitch about avocado ice cream. And I wrote, frickin' boomers, stop bitching <laughs> avocado. And then that was the tone for the whole rest of this, where I was like, frickin' boomers, watch your kids. They're wandering <laughs> off. And then, like, later, like, they do their stupid putt-putt, and then, like, the kids are all upset because of this fake ice cream. And they're like, oh, man, the, the kids are really upset. I-, I wonder if there's something we could do to make it up for them. And I'm like, you promised them ice cream like a billion hours ago. Just go do that. What is wrong <laughs> with you? Uh, What's especially frustrating is they park right beside an ice cream parlor. It's like the yeah. same parking lot as the golf. Oh. This is very achievable, you guys. I think but it yeah. kind of sunk into me seeing Stu and Drew like in the beginning of this episode. Well, throughout, but like when it first started, it was just like, I don't know how to not make a generalization because <laughs> I know like a million people will be like, it's not true. But like, I feel like parents were tended to skew younger back then. Yeah, it's true. Or mm-hmm. at least for my own parents, they were younger than me now when yeah. they had. Yes. Oh, they know. totally skewed younger. It's like, that's that's settled fact. We, we and have it's just older. kind of like, it's a little trippy that I'm probably older than like Stu and Drew in that episode. Oh, yeah. And like, because <laughs> I'm like, why are they being so immature? Like, because yeah. they are. Like, you don't just magically yeah. become, like, a perfect adult just because you have babies. Exactly. So, on the putt-putt golf course, they are, they cause so much delay because they're they're fighting with each other. They want, they, they, like, get super, super competitive over this putt-putt game. And, yeah, I agree. I, like, I didn't mind because they're brothers and people get, like, really immature with their siblings, I yeah. think, in, in this way. But then, like, also, thinking about their age, like, if today, if they were, like, Gen Z, they would just be like on TikTok filming yeah, exactly. their adventure in the park. Yeah. <laughs> but because they were born then in the 60s, they have their babies there. Yeah. I knew early on, like once I saw them, the babies just like appear in the pup pup golf like office that they were not going to be attentive parents. So I was just yeah. like, okay, I'm just going to have to let go of this. Yeah. Otherwise it's going to frustrate me. Whole episode. Exactly. It's like, I was frustrated, but I also yeah. was like, this is fine. Like, I'm not like bumping on it in the story. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is just my reaction as yeah. an adult. I just feel like it was, it was genuine. Like, I, I feel like this was kind of a level of ne- benign neglect that my dad would have had if he took me out with. Easily. You know. The babies take off to go try and find Ice Cream Mountain. And the premise is that Angelica was the only one that saw it because she's a little bit taller. So she was able to like see out the window and like see it. And so she's convinced the babies to go find it with her, but they have to kind of believe. And Chucky is struggling to believe that it's actually there. I love this. Chucky's moment of doubt. (laughs) This actually reminded me, I wrote down that at this point when they were like, they're kind of like lost in this fantastical putt-putt golf place. And Chucky's starting. She's like, I'm starting to think there isn't an ice cream mountain. And she's like, how dare you? And I wrote that it reminded me of like Planet of the Apes. Of like those big like uh, allegorical stories about faith. 
<laughs> but she convinces him pretty quickly again that, oh, he sees it. That's what it is, right? Yeah, he sees it for himself. But before that, he, like, accidentally causes everyone to stumble into her, basically. Like, he just, like, trips, and basically everyone, like, trips also, and Angelica gets pushed. And she turns on him. And the way that she speaks to him was so like, oh my God, Angelica. She was like, did you think it was funny? Did you think it was nice? Did you think it was smart to push someone bigger and stronger and able to push you over? Prettier. Like, Prettier, and he yeah. just is like, uh, 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 <laughs> like, I don't know. I just was like, damn, Angelica, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, go off, I guess. <laughs> But Chucky sees Ice Cream Mountain for himself and the group rallies and they finally make it pretty much almost all the way there. It's in sight. They can see it in the distance. But first they have to get past this jump scare gingerbread man. It's this (laughs) giant gingerbread man that comes shooting out of the ground and then slowly, slowly lowering back down and the sound that it makes... like oh my gosh it was it's just mechanical worrying but i guess if you're you know (laughs) scarred by it 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 was scary it had big big. eyes and uh yes yes and it comes out of a hidden panel in the ground like that is actually you could be standing on top of it yeah yeah oh my god so they have a test i guess this is a pretty adventurous episode because they have have a couple physical challenges they have to go through and this is one that Chucky struggles with. He doesn't want to run so that when the when the gingerbread goes back down, there's a cover over it, and he doesn't want to run yeah. over it. And because he hesitates, he's the one that's on it when yeah. it shoots up against him. Poor Chucky. And he says, "Why did this happen to me?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Because you hesitated, my friend. I'm so sorry." But then he's fine, fine anyways. Yeah, who's a yeah, trooper? Like this is the other thing too. Yeah. It's like I remember him being the scaredy one, but it's like he stuck with it. Like it sucks, but he did he's it. scared. But he is very brave. Yeah. Like the thing, he he does the same things they do, but he has to work through fear exactly. each time. So he's actually incredibly That brave. is the definition of, of bravery and courage, is to do something even when you're scared. This is for Chucky, 2023. <laughs> oh, he's such a cutie. Oh also, my gosh. <laughs> only children are freaks. Yes, only children are freaks. <laughs> that is the lesson here. Um, so the babies reach the ice cream, and as Becca mentioned, they're disappointed to find that it's just a giant plastic emptiness. Um, but... They try going inside to see if the ice cream's in there, and it's not. But um, through their actions of, like, kind of crawling around in there and looking for the ice cream, they unplug the hole that the golf ball would have to go through in order to get a hole-in-one, which the CD owners had blocked out so that no one could ever get a hole-in-one on that hole, because if you do, then you win a free game. Yep. And so the babies, they don't know what they're doing, but they unblock it. And so then when Stu and Drew finally get to that hole and put their golf balls in, it actually gets a hole in one. And the owner is flabbergasted because that was never supposed to happen. Yeah. And this is a really good example of like the baby's actions, like inadvertently affecting the adults. Yeah. I, like, that I, kind I, of is a running theme in all the episodes. I liked that. I liked it better in this episode versus the moving one that the stories converged. So they win. And then like Stu and Drew are like, woo, we did it. And I don't, yeah, Angelica's frustration finally peaks and she just bursts into tears. And yeah. I think that is such a perfect toddler reaction where like mm-hmm. 
she just can't take it anymore. I think I've been there. If I want, I want it so bad. I I was there like in this episode, like where's the Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But then it was all worth it because then they get a perfect replica of ice cream mountain, but edible in a giant bowl. And it looks so delicious. I want it so so badly. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. It was so satisfying watching them eat it that they actually leave the sound of them eating it to play through the credits. Mm. Did you notice that? Oh, wow. (laughs) You guys probably didn't sit through the credits, but (laughs) I did because I'm a freak and was like savoring (laughs) them enjoying ice cream mountain throughout the the credits. (laughs) Um, So should we move on to the last one? Sure. So in this episode, Angelica comes over to Tommy's house for his first ever sleepover Um, But when she opens the window in his bedroom while they're napping, um, Tommy ends up getting sick and catching a fever. And then basically trippy fever dreams ensue and the family rallies to take care of him. So when Becca pitched this idea for the podcast to me, this episode immediately came into my brain of like, yes, I want to do this podcast so I can do an episode about Rugrats so I can rewatch this episode of Rugrats and finally have peace in my life, like understanding (laughs) what the hell is going on with these like fever dreams. (laughs) Like I was like kind of afraid of this episode a little bit, like, cause it was so freaky, but I feel better now. (laughs) I conquered it. The, the uh, really fast. I want to say I was looking online and I saw other people bring this episode up as being very traumatic for them as well which I think is super fascinating because watching it as an adult, I think it's super, super tender and nice. I know. And very really fine. So what happens in his fever dreams? Like, what does he imagine? He has a really bad fever. He falls asleep. Yeah. And he has this like mobile that's like hanging above his crib that has like a moon and a cloud and a little like Cupid angel type thing and a plane. <laughs> Just conjured all that. Um, and so he basically starts tripping that like um, the various members of his family have taken on the form of those people of those characters on the mobile. So like his mom is like the moon and like his dad is the cloud and et cetera. And he also like his crib gets really, really big. Everything around him gets really, really like large. So like he's afraid of like his giant, like 20 foot teddy bear like falling over and crushing him and like the room is just like you know the crib itself is just gigantic and like difficult to traverse like he just is tripping (laughs) yeah so the 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 initial nightmare starts like he's obviously he gets put back to bed because he's obviously sick as he's eating like his mom's trying to feed him and he's just like his eyes are blue he's 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 out of it she puts him in the crib and he starts having, this all happens very quickly. And I want to emphasize this because how much damage impact it inflicted on me and other viewers too. He's laying down. The crib feels like it expands very quickly. So that's like trippy. And then he like feels like the room is like a threat. Then we hear his mom's voice. And as an adult watching this, hearing his mom was like a sense of relief. I was like, oh, thank goodness. She's here. She's going to take care of everything. So she comes into the room and he sees her as like this, the shape of like the moon from his mobile mobile. And she, she picks him up and she cradles him. Then other people start coming in too. And they're talking, they're talking about like, how can we fix this? Like what's wrong with him? I really like this. The grandpa has this like 
really um, old school like ways. Like we have to tip him upside down and then feed him applesauce from a sock. And the, he's going off on this. And the sons that Drew and Stu are his sons. And he's saying this and they're like, stop talking, Pop. And she's like, no, let him finish. And I thought that was really nice. Yeah. I just like the dynamic of the family is really nice. I, I love like, all just, the like, family in this yeah. one. And I felt like yeah. I get I get why kids were freaked out. I, I kind of had this note where I was like, yes. this is really <laughs> stressful for a kid. And like, I, it, I, yeah, but what kind of saved it for me and what is like the, the, the thrust of the story for me is how comforting the parents are. And, and how they come in and save the day. And it's, it's like, it, you're exactly right. Like, it's so soothing hearing them talk yeah. about him and having them take care of him. And the funniest line that I wrote down that made me laugh so hard was when Stu says, we're not doing the applesauce thing. <laughs> Stop talking about it. Um, it's so funny to me because I saw this now 100%. I would say this is fine for kids. Kids will like this. It will be fine. But obviously not. It, it scarred me. It scarred pal. It scarred people online. So it didn't work. It, but, it was an attempt. Yeah. I can see what they were trying to do, yeah. but it's like, yeah, this, I was like, a little bit where it's like, I don't, these things are so scary for children. Why would you remember? Why would you want to remind them of it? Except that they're like, don't worry, your parents are there. That's nice. Yeah. The scariest. And they sing a nice song. Oh, the song. Yeah. This is the part that I like wrote down Bob's Burgers. Cause it's yeah. like, this is this this story worked the best for me for the adults where um mm -hmm. I really liked them and as an adult I found them funny and it's like but it's all from the kid point of view. So there's a a line earlier on when Stu comes over and they're having this obviously like incredibly boring adult conversation that the kids don't care about. And then later when they all come in during the hallucination and they've taken on these different forms and they're like, let's try to sing him a lullaby. And Stu and Dee Dee literally look at each other and they're like, do we know any lullabies? <laughs> let's just make one up. And it's like, it's so human. And it's like, that's that's the thing. Like, it's the Bob's Burgers of it, where it's like the people who wrote it were like, we don't know what we're doing as parents. And that is a universal parent experience that you figure it out as you go. But all you have, if, if you love your child enough and put in the effort and they make up this little lullaby and like Dee Dee says a rhyme and Stu actually says, thank you, Dee Dee. When it, and it's so adorable. I, my heart just melted. What's also sweet is that like, what was actually supposed to be like the premise of this episode is that it's Tommy's first sleepover. Like it's his first time. It's Angelica comes to his place to sleep over. So it's his first time experiencing a sleepover. Um, and then obviously things kind of go awry because he gets a fever and everyone's kind of fretting over that. But when he wakes up in the morning feeling better, um, he wakes up to find that everyone slept in the room with him and like everyone is around the room like asleep, like even his uncle and his grandpa. And so that was just kind of sweet because it was like, we did have a sleepover after all. <laughs> um, what happened right after they finished singing the song? Do you remember? He pukes all over. He pukes. <laughs> he pukes all over and, Angelica. And during that time, let's talk about Angelica now because honestly, the scariest part of the story to me is that Angelica did this to him. That she like not on purpose, obviously, but like oh. she she opened the window. She was the one who didn't like the baby smell. She's making fun of her being a baby, and then she was the one who wanted to have the window open. She obviously didn't mean to get him sick, but 
that's yeah what and she shows some like remorse for that later on later like, but she, it she she evades the whole time she's saying stuff like chucky must have snuck in here and opened the window and like she her excuses are so fucking so funny to me because she's like i don't know who could have caused it i didn't cause it and it's like as an adult you're like i don't think anybody yeah this baby if it's you're wow. saying this <laughs> Hmm. You seem awfully like, concerned about this, Angelica. Yeah, maybe Chucky came over and opened the window. It's just so funny. It's exactly what you would expect, like a toddler, to say these terrible excuses that make it obvious. <laughs> yeah. like, okay, you did this. And her conscience yeah. is really getting to her. Yeah, and she also says that she thinks she says at one point he's probably faking, which is another thing that like she yeah. would fake it. Yeah. So there you go. But when she yes. starts yes, to realize exactly. he's not faking it, and I think she feels really bad. And then he pukes on her. <laughs> so it all—it's all happy ending. I like it. And then at the end, she, I thought this was random, but she says, who's going to buy me a dress? And I was like, oh yeah, he puked on her dress. I thought that was random. Oh, I wrote that down too. I had no idea why she said that. Like completely out of the blue. Um, yeah, I didn't realize, but, and I I guess I should have looked this up, but I didn't, but I think this might be Angelica's introduction just because they're making such a deal out of her being there. I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, maybe. But yeah, she seemed like kind of extra mean in this episode. Like, I, it kind of yeah. seemed like they were still figuring her out. Because on the other hand, she was extremely in character for a toddler. Like, when she's like eating and saying all these things to Dee Dee to try and get her attention, like, yeah. I can feed myself now. Yeah. And, like, I like that. Yeah. No, I'm saying that's a very normal toddler yeah. thing to yeah. say. So it was kind of a. Sometimes strange... I say it till 9 p.m. Yeah. That was extremely in character for a toddler. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. toddlers are just kind of unhinged. <laughs> she seemed younger than I remembered because it's like when you think of them as the gang, she's like the older one. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yes. But like, yeah, I did not have a problem with her. But it's, it's, she has this menacing energy. There's not one thing I could say. Like, I have no problem with her opening the window because she thinks it smells like baby. Even if she's playing it up because she's upset she has to sleep in the baby room. Like, I'm fine with that. But she does have this, like, because she has so much power compared to Tommy, maybe. So, this episode is the exact dynamic that me and my older sister had as a little kid. (laughs) And the way that Angelica is being, like, super fake sweet with the adults. And then as soon as the adults leave, she turns and starts punching her pillow. And Tommy's just, like, (laughs) watching her do this. Like, I don't know. Why does she punch her pillow? Like, what was she saying before that? I don't know. I guess she just was saying that it was uncomfortable. But like, I don't know why. As a little kid, I don't know why she's doing that. And it's like weird and upsetting. (laughs) It is like it's oddly intense. She's saying she does. She says she doesn't sleep in the baby room, but they make her sleep in the baby room. And Dee Dee sets it up, and she's like, "Thank you, Aunt Dee. I love it." And then as soon as she leaves, she's like, "I hate sleeping in the baby room." Yeah. And then Tommy asks her a question of like, "So what's a sleepover?" and if you have to ask you'll never know this line (gasps) has haunted me for decades if you have to ask you'll never know and she repeats it twice and my sister used to say that to me constantly when I would ask her questions Uh. she got it from this episode and I even would turn I would even would ask her what Angelica means by that like and that would be her answer. <laughs> yeah. If you have to ask, you'll never She's know. Just like, like enjoying having power over you because you think she, you think she knows something that you don't. She might not even know it. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, I said this to somebody at work once, and they acted like I had physically attacked them. <laughs> it's something about it is so it just pisses me off. Yeah, so much. 
It's the least helpful was- answer to any question. Well, it was fine. Like, it was just, you could tell that this had also impacted them in their life, where they were, like, having a flashback exactly. because I said it. They were, like, like, traveling through time. So, speaking of flashbacks, the two actually most, like, I don't know, visceral parts of this episode to me was, oh my god, I'm, like, getting chills right now. <laughs> when Angelica opens the window, there's a sound that plays this like twinkling sound to represent the sound of the window being open and the cold air coming in. And it just, it gave me chills. The sound of that, just like with the gingerbread man, just like with the opening sequence, like it just is like, so like, and I don't know, especially that like my little kid brain knew that that sound means bad, like bad is coming in. Like the thing that gives him the fever that causes this whole nightmare is coming in through the window right now. And that's the sound that it makes was trippy and then also kind of the same thing when the mobile is turned by Dee Dee she like gives it a little spin there's a twinkling sound that plays when it's like spinning and that then leads into Tommy's like fever dreams and so that was another like oh my god it's the bad sound (laughs) it was just so (laughs) visceral I hate it So gave me gave me shivers. <laughs> the only other thing I want to say about this episode is that I'm sorry that I made you guys watch it in this order. The you guys being the audience because um, this episode is just kind of well. First of all, it's a weird place to start when talking about regrets, but it also kind of like Tommy acts the most like a baby in this episode. Like he doesn't really talk. Yes, oh for he sure, just, yeah. yeah. And when he's he like, does, he we, we see him talking to his parents, so he's talking as a baby. Yeah. So I don't know. He's he has more character in the other episodes and this one he is just kind of tripping out. <laughs> so um, we talked before in other episodes about how um, the length of the episodes. And I think this was a really, really, really well done 11 minute episode. It didn't feel like they were packing it in too long. It felt like they introduced a concept, had what they had to say and then got out. Like, I feel like something like Steven universe, sometimes it feels like it can bite off more than it chews for its 11 minutes, but this was perfect. Like I loved each little snippet. I never felt like it dragged too long or rushed that's and yeah that's it that's all general notes and then after that is just like production stuff yeah where to start so well you say that um regrets is a well done 11 minute show and i think a lot of people agree because it won tons of awards over its 13 year run so it won four daytime emmy awards six kids choice awards and it got a star on the hollywood walk of fame Mm -hmm. um it do you have something to add on that no i just think that's crazy that it has a a show like hey arnold doesn't have a star (laughs) yeah um well rugrats was nickelodeon's it was one of the original nicktoons for nickelodeon it aired alongside doug and ren and stimpy um, and until SpongeBob SquarePants aired its 173rd episode in 2012, Rugrats was Nickelodeon's longest-running cartoon. Hmm. So it definitely it kind of flies under the radar a little bit, but not even really. It's just I think everyone goes, "Oh yeah, Rugrats!" Like mm-hmm. everyone liked it, but like yeah, it is definitely kind of a forgotten time a little bit. <laughs> it's been mm-hmm. a while since it was on the air. Um, yeah. Uh, see so it was um created by at the time husband and wife duo okay gabor supo and arlene klasky Uh along with paul germain in 1989 
So Klasky, Supo, and Jermaine were also animating The Simpsons at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did that until 1992, um, until the shows, until The Simpsons switched to a different team. Um, and the inspiration for Rugrats came from Klasky and Supo's young children. No surprise there. <laughs> and like, it's just so obviously like um, sourced from real parenthood. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. they worked with another animator named Peter Chung to come up with the character designs um, and the concept that they kind of were aiming for was that the babies, they wanted them to look strange, not cute. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think, you know, was a definitive line in the sand. Like we're going to do babies, yeah. but they're not going to be like, uh, we're not striving for them to be cute. Obviously they are in a lot of ways, yeah, but it's not Muppet babies. Yeah. This isn't like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Peter Chung, I just want to know, he's an animator that has a ton of really interesting credits to his name. Um, it seems like he like has like some unique techniques that he's like known for because he's credited for like specific sequences and shows. Um, but one credit that stood out to me was that he was also the lead character designer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 1987. Oh, oh. yeah, that's wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think this was kind of a little disenchanting to find out, but there was, as it turns out, a lot of tension among the staff of Rugrats. Part- about Angelica? Well, about many things, including Angelica. Yes particularly between the writers and Klasky. So yeah, one of the major points of contention was that Klasky hated the addition of Angelica and just didn't like how much of a bully she was. Mm. Well, the thing that I read specifically was that there was sort of like the the main conflict with her was exaggeration for a good story versus realism for kids. So Angelica, you can, if she's a bully, why is she a bully? Like, are we going to explore her as a character or are we going to use her to tell good stories was like the the thing. And they both felt extremely intensely about this. So it was hard to find like a middle ground. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, um, I think I heard of... that. Yeah. No, go ahead. Well, I heard toward the end of season two, they, they geared more toward like exploring her as an actual character mm-hmm. where they would explore why she acts this way yes i yeah i think that's kind of where she has like this originally she was conceived as somebody who would not be punished she gets rid of she gets away with almost everything yeah. but that they got tired of that real fast and i actually liked her in the these four episodes we watched mm-hmm. but i do think i might have gotten tired of her like getting away with stuff constantly yeah. yeah well she's just more if she's a member of the family which she is I feel like you have to make her a bit more sympathetic, which is means to flush her out more as a character versus just a bully who might be from outside your family. But I don't feel like at, at, I can see, I don't outside of like threatening them with a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> I don't feel like she went out of line at any particular point. It's just like how she was. But she's spoiled though. Like she's definitely. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. I can see this being something that you would have to talk about a lot yes yeah, and if yeah. you have any sort of if you're not in line with it i can see it getting like anger yeah. <laughs> like like yeah throw down yeah i could see why anyone would bump against like the addition of angelica like why do we have this nice thing and then we add like this not nice thing not you know but yeah. i think overall yeah. like it was a really good idea i think angelica needed to be there yeah. i think it was a good call oh, yeah. yes originally uh chucky was envisioned as the bully Chucky? They told 
they they saw the character design and they were like, I don't think this is a bully. <laughs> so then I think this is a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. So then they changed it to Angelica. They sort of invented Angelica. And it's Tommy was supposed to be like uh, the middle ground between Chucky, who tries to hold him back, and then Angelica, who like challenges him. Uh. So he's like this middle ground in between those uh. two. And it's he, the creator was saying, like, I want to say these two are the souls of the show. But they did not come in until later, so I can't say that. <laughs> you know, when you say it like that, I'm I'm glad that they're not siblings because it's nice that Tommy's alone, um, mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. not both constant presence presences. Yeah, yes. If there's one more note I have about the art style, really fast, and that's that they didn't want to. The this this art style seems really weird to me, but framing it like this, they grew up in like the 70s and 80s, where the ideal for car- cartoons at the time was being as realistic as possible. They might have failed, but the character designs were supposed to be, like, perfect. So they did not want that. So they were kind of, like, countering, pushing against that. And I think that's where a lot of, like, the styles I see as gross and I don't like came mm. from. It's because they grew up with this. So now we're going to do Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. We're going to do Ned and Nettie. We're going to do, like, really exaggerated and really gross tongues yeah. and bumps and butts mm-hmm. and all that stuff. When you say the older cartoons from the set, you're talking about, like, your Johnny Quests and your Josie and the Pussycats. Like, that super friends yeah so it's like everyone yeah. kind of they all kind of look like ken action figures or something and yeah yeah gi mm-hmm. joe like they have like they're proportionate like the ideal is like they look realistic and they move in a realistic way and they move with the environment in a very natural way whereas like now we're gonna have like ed eat an entire mattress yeah. that's what's, what's gonna happen <laughs> right so when i mentioned that i was a little disenchanted to learn this it was because that a lot of the tensions that were happening between the writers and Klasky, um, like it, it was not something that could be worked past. Like no, there was no. a ton of tension yeah. to the point that by 1994, when the last of the original run, like episodes were airing, uh, and the show went into like that dormant period, that hiatus, it's because, well, it's, I don't, no one says why, but obviously it's mostly because most of the writing team, including one of the original creators, Paul Germain, had left Classically Supo. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what I don't know who came back, yeah. you know, a few years later. <laughs> so. Gang's all here. Um, I don't know if you remember, you were saying you don't remember what sort of parent D, is her name Dee Dee or D? Dee Dee. Dee Dee, what sort of parent she is. She, you might remember, like, she pulls out a book a lot of times. Oh, yeah. Dr. Lipschitz. Lipschitz. Yeah. Dr. Spock. Apparently that was, like, a parody of uh, how, I can't, Arlene? Uh, Arlene Klasky. Yeah. Yeah. That was, like, a, like parodying her because she kept wanting, like, realistic stuff. Oh, that's like, we so want realistic funny. stories. And they were annoyed with her. Aw. But she's right yeah. for that. Yeah. Like, no, sorry, she held him to a standard. Like, get good, guys. This isn't Ren and Stimpy. Go hang out over there. Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's hard because I I don't want to be... Like, I I agree with her, but, like, at the end result, I like... So, maybe this is just, like, two creative powers. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, I think they struck a perfect balance on the the final record, but I guess Mm -hmm. it was with a lot of war behind the scenes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Should I get into the voice cast? It's a killer voice cast. Oh, yeah. Yes. So the voice cast for Rugrats is insane. Like, I really can't believe, like, they had so many greats together in one room. So <laughs> let's get into it. I, I'm going to try and, like, go fast. <laughs> so yeah. Tommy's right. voiced by E.G. Daly. 
very iconic voice. She voiced Buttercup on Powerpuff Girls, Rudy Patootie on Chalk Zone, Babe in the live action Babe movies. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. It's like a very distinct voice. Like I can picture it in my head right now. Um, Christine Cavanaugh was the original voice of Chucky. Um, She also voiced Dexter in Dexter's Lab. Uh, I mean, a bunch of stuff. She did Oblina and Ah Real Monsters. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I remember her character. That's so cute. Yeah, she was Jocelyn? Gosselin? Mallard in Darkwing Duck. Jocelyn. Oh, wow. I thought you guys might know Darkwing Duck. Blast from the Path. Yeah. yeah, And this was interesting to me. She was the 1990s, like, announcer for Disney Channel. Like, the coming up next person. Oh, okay. Um, But Christine stepped away from, like, public, and she retired in, like, the early 2000s. So many of her voice roles, including Chucky, were then replaced by Nancy Cartwright, who, of course, is the voice of Bart Simpson. So in the episodes that we listened to, it was Christine. Um, Okay. The twins and their mom are all voiced by Kath Sosi. Um, who we've shouted out in the past. Um, she has a super iconic voice. You might know her as Dexter's mom in Dexter's Lab, Danny's mom in Danny Phantom, and the evil little girl, like trick or treater, Shock of Lock, Shock and Barrel uh, in Nightmare Before Christmas. Shock. When you you also you mentioned her in Danny Phantom, and I think you mentioned that she was in Futurama, and I was like, oh, that's cool. But then here, hearing Phil, I was like, oh my god, it's Cubert. And I love the voice she does for <laughs> Phil and for Cubert. It's like, oh, I think that's one of the like top five little boy voices like ever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love her little delay. Like I didn't even notice until I was like watching her do, but the way she does Lillian, Lil's voice yes. is so distinct mm-hmm. and adorable. She's so good. Yeah. And hearing her so as good. like the mom is completely different. Like her voice is so I know. She, Her range is like really impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Cheryl Chase is the voice of Angelica. Um, Angelica is her biggest voice credit, but she's done some background parts and like dubbing for animes in the 80s and 90s. Um, I was surprised by this. I thought Angelica has a nice distinct voice, but Mm -hmm. she just didn't really do a lot of voice acting. Um, And then, of course, another voice I'm sure we're going to keep shouting out over and over again is Cree Summers is the voice of Susie Carmichael. Cree is just, I don't even know where to start. Like she's, she's number five in Kids Next Door. She's the beginning and the end. She's She's Miranda in As Told by Ginger, Penelope in Barbie Rapunzel. This came up on a TikTok the other day and I was like, oh my God, that's Cree Summers. I just like the Barbie Rapunzel movie. But um, on her wiki page, this was interesting to me. It said that she said one of her favorite roles of all time that she played was uh, Princess Kida in Disney's Atlantis. Yes, yes, oh. yeah, yeah. So that's her favorite. That, that movie has <laughs> some amazing voice work. Uh, Cree also, yeah, she sings the beginning and end for the All Grown Up, I believe. Oh, is what I read. But I never watched All Grown Up, so I can't. Confirm. All Grown Up. She sings something. I really yeah. want to shout it out. I want the world to nice. know. You guys don't know this song? Of course you wouldn't, but <laughs> keep going. it's in my I head like instantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch it because I, I said earlier that like this would be one of the shows that like if I had had like the gumption and brain power, I would have wanted to write fanfic for. <laughs> uh, 
and it feels like on, all grown up is yeah, exactly what I that's wanted. That's what it is. I was, <laughs> it's basically yeah, as told by Ginger, but the Rugrats. So I didn't super vibe with it, but yeah. Oh, did you not like as told by Ginger? Well, I kind of, I, I don't know. I reserve. I don't know what to say because I, I didn't okay. like it because right. I was too little a kid. Yeah, yeah. Like I think now I would yeah. enjoy it so much more, but I was just yeah. too little. I was, yeah, I was too old for all grown up. Yeah. So. I tried it out once gap. and I was like, yeah, I think for me, it's that it's this thing sometimes when you have kid characters in a cartoon and then you see them as adults and you're like, I don't like what, how, how they did this. Yeah. I don't like yeah. this. I don't like it. <laughs> Take them away. I did have one other thing that I really should have mentioned in the, in the opening, like in the first half, is that I used to think that my last name was Pickles and what? I would introduce myself <laughs> What the name cute. Pickles. And I would tell everyone that my last name was Pickles and my well, sister Pickles. was Angelica. So it really pissed her off. And she would constantly be like, that's not our name. And like, is your sister's name know. actually Angelica? No, she just oh. embodies her <laughs> in body and soul. And it was to the point that when I went to um, the, I went to the old, I have this memory when I was really little of going to my mom's ultrasound when she was pregnant with my youngest sibling. And like seeing that she was going to have a baby. And I immediately announced as soon as they were like, look, that's, that's a baby. I immediately announced we have to name it Dill Pickles. <laughs> and it was because the movie had just come out introducing Dill. <laughs> and, but the nurse looked at me like, <laughs> why would you name a baby Dill so Pickles? Cool. Yeah. That must've been so weird for the nurse. Yeah. <laughs> and for the longest time I called, I called my youngest sibling Dill Pickles. <laughs> I can you I it's fine if there's no additional explanation but like why did you think your last name was Pickles oh because that's Tommy's last name <laughs> they're the Pickles that's it like families so you just are Pickles Pickles okay wow you must have been really young I guess or dumb <laughs> <laughs> I keep wanting to like you don't have to include this but like your last name your actual last name is so cool so I know. It's so yeah. well I would say both of them I think it wasn't so much I think I kind of knew it wasn't my last name but I just was like making it my last name I thought it, it was a oh. last name and it's mine now yeah you can take right, it right, why yeah. not so we that's it we watched Rugrats when do you guys no wait we already talked about that <laughs> um no did Rugrats hold up yeah Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I enjoyed even more than what I did as a kid and I still enjoyed what was there as yeah. a kid. So only enhanced. I loved it. Um, I love how tender the family is a yes. lot. Yeah. And there's stuff I take for granted as a kid where it's just like, obviously the parents love each other, but just, and love their kid. And like, mm -hmm. there's this moment when we talked a little bit where they, sh and I guess you guys aren't going to like this. I liked it when Stu, when Angelica came to the house the first time and Stu's like, I'm just going to say it. She's the prettiest girl oh, in the yeah. world. As a kid, I would not have thought anything about that. Like, of course, adults compliment you. But, like, that was really nice. That and he said so that. About yeah. 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 Um, would you show it to a kid today? Yes. Yeah. Yes. A little kid, yeah. And I would expect them to like it. And if they didn't, I would not be impressed. <laughs> would you skip the fever episode so you don't <laughs> traumatize them? <laughs> I would show them the fever episode and then I would quiz them immediately. <laughs> so what are your thoughts? <laughs> Tell me everything. <laughs> I feel better. I have some closure. Yeah. I'm not like afraid of this show anymore. It's not afraid. It's just mm -hmm. affected, deeply affected by this show anymore. Yeah. 
but yeah regrets resolved i'm like you know how like human bodies are like 80 percent water or whatever i'm like 80 percent regrets <laughs> but in a way that it's just there like i, I don't know it's deep within me it- <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah yeah okay so that's it thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful rugrats adventure yeah that was beautiful yeah I'm glad we went on it, and I'm glad we shared it with you. Wow. Say more. Um, I learned a lot about myself and my <laughs> friends revisiting this and talking about it. So um, what are we going to be watching next week? Next week, I am going to be sharing with you guys South Park. oh man (laughs) yes oh how but this is another beast how the hell are we gonna (laughs) remember fresh corner (laughs) i think it might be coming back (laughs) yes so um i picked uh from season eight we're gonna be watching episode one good times with weapons and oh my god yes (laughs) episode eight douche and turd yeah Mm -hmm. okay so get ready for south park next week i hope you watch it and enjoy it all right. Wait, I feel like you should say the episodes one more time because we also, were reacting. Also, where yeah. can people where can people see them? For a while, South Park Studios actually had everything hosted and you could just stream it there, but I don't know if they do that anymore. I just checked and it's on HBO Max. Okay, cool. Uh, season 8, Episode 1, Good Times with Weapons, and Season 8, Episode 8, Douche and Turd. All Hooray! Right. Hooray! Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, thank you. We love you. Goodbye. <laughs>